0: The following program is an original WWE podcast. Coming up, I'll be talking with NXT Women's Champion Shayna Baszler, two of the toughest men in all of WWE. I'm talking about the Viking Raiders and the man who has got the entire WWE universe talking, Kevin Owens. Plus, find out what my moment of the week is and one thing I wish I could unsee. All that and more. ATB starts... uh, Wait for it now. What is up, everybody? Welcome to After the Bell. I am Corey Graves. A ton to get to this week, as we do every week. But before we go any further, on a personal note, I need to address something. This past Saturday, during the Takeover War Games event, I sent out a tweet. It was an unpopular opinion, as I often do, with the intention of just stirring up a little controversy, maybe have something fun to talk about on TV or here on the show. Uh, it was maybe not the most professional way to go about things, and it was never meant to offend or disrespect or disparage anybody. That was never my intention. Uh, if it was taken as such, I apologize deeply. That was not my intention I would never intentionally cause anybody any undue stress especially a coworker so I apologize. Okay, back to business. It has been quite a week. Started the week off or the weekend off with Friday Night Smackdown in Chicago which was a blast. NXT Takeover War Games which was unbelievable. I actually had the pleasure of laying in my hotel room and watching the thing start to finish. Hats off to all of the men and women who tore the place down, set the bar extremely high for the weekend, as TakeOver tends to do. But that wasn't where NXT finished. That wasn't even the highlight of NXT's weekend, because they won Survivor Series, which I don't think anybody expected to happen, uh, especially anybody that has any sort of inside knowledge of how the world works. Uh, It was a fun surprise to me. It was shocking, and uh, dare I say, NXT stole the entire show of Survivor Series. As a whole, I'm going to say I think Survivor Series actually exceeded my expectations. I think it was a lot better of a pay-per-view than it had any right to be. Uh, It's no secret I had some doubts and I was a bit skeptical heading into Sunday as to whether or not it was going to be a high quality, high energy pay-per-view. But again, everyone went out worked their asses off, and I think put together an awesome pay-per-view. Um, God, the highlights are so many. Of course, Adam Cole, Pete Dunne, the NXT championship match. Unbelievable. NXT knew that they had to step their game up. It was made clear to them internally that this was their big chance to shine, and they grabbed the proverbial brass ring and never looked back. Um, the five-on-five-on-five on five on five matches I thought may have had the potential to be a bit of a disaster because you've got 15 people involved in a matchup, which is nuts, let alone in a structure like an elimination match. Uh, But I was pleasantly surprised across the board. I thought the women nailed it. I thought the guys nailed it. Talking about stepping up, grabbing the brass ring. Keith Lee, what a star-making night for him, holding his own, nearly knocking off Roman Reigns, that really cool show of respect at the end. That's what it's all about. Everyone elevating each other. At the end of the night, sure, NXT won the, the numbers game, the count for the night, but Raw stepped up. NXT stepped up. SmackDown stepped up. Across the board, everybody went out and showed why the state of WWE is really, really good right now. Um, I personally had the opportunity to sit ringside in our little corral area during the Brock Lesnar-Ray Mysterio match, which, wow, how much fun was that. An awesome match. It's no secret how obsessed I am with Brock Lesnar as a competitor. He's one of, if not, my favorites. Rey Mysterio, I've gotten to become friends with Rey over the last couple years. I have the utmost respect for him and what he's already accomplished. And the guy's timeless. My God, somehow Rey Mysterio continues to get better with age. But the moment that stood out most to me, and many people, was the double 619 with Rey Mysterio and Dominic. I wasn't on headset. I was sitting in the arena like a fan watching, and I have to say I think that was the loudest the All-State Arena was at any point, definitely, that I was present for uh, all Survivor Series weekend. Awesome match, Brock retains, but Rey Mysterio, man, I can't sing the praises of this guy enough. And how pretty was Dominic 619? That's like a really weird move to pull off, but I guess when your dad kind of made it famous – you're inclined to learn these things pretty quickly. But that, to me, was just so much fun. The whole story leading into and coming out of just a feel-good moment, aside from the fact that Ray didn't become champion. But he is a champion now, and we'll get to that a little bit later. On the things I didn't like, Spectrum, really not much. There, There wasn't a whole lot that I didn't like about anything that went down this weekend. But if I were forced to pick one, it would be the Intercontinental Championship. The new one. Ugh. Now, I'm not one that puts too much weight onto what a title looks like, more so what it represents and the ability to raise a talent stock or the talent's ability to make a title more relevant and mean something. I like Nakamura's Intercontinental Champion. I was kind of partial to the old design. That, to me, the traditionalist in me, was one of my favorite championships dating all the way back God knows how many years through most of my childhood, sure, there's been a little little update here and there, uh, a little more modernization, but that general design was pretty iconic to me. I understand, you know, it's time to sell new toys. It's Christmas time. Got to have new replica titles at WWE shop. Again, this is probably just me being a miserable old cur going, I don't like it. I want the old one back. It's a beautiful championship. I just don't like it as the Intercontinental Championship. Uh... But what can I say other than at least it's not giant nickels on a leather strap like both sets of tag team titles. Those are the ones that need updated, not the Intercontinental title. NXT TakeOver War Games this past Saturday in Chicago. To say it didn't disappoint might be the understatement of the year. My God. I still, as a fan get excited about NXT TakeOvers because without fail, they sometimes steal the weekend, some of the best in-ring action you will ever see. Everybody on the NXT roster cherishes the opportunity to perform at TakeOver, and this weekend was no different. We saw the first ever women's war games match, Team Rhea versus Team Shayna. Shayna Baszler, the NXT women's champion, who I will talk to later on in the show. Massive weekend for her. Last week, right here on After the Bell, Rhea Ripley promised brutality, and boy, did the ladies deliver. What an awesome match. You didn't know necessarily what to expect, other than the fact that the women were going to look to knock it out of the park. They accomplished just that. Uh, I could go on and on and on, but let the footage speak for itself. Head over to WWE Network. In case you didn't see TakeOver War Games, check it out right now. There's nothing I can say about it to do it any more justice than watching it. Uh, But elsewhere on the card stood out to me, Finn Balor, awesome in-ring return to NXT. Finn looked more aggressive. Finn looked refreshed. This is the Finn Balor that I think everybody grew to love in his first NXT run, and now we're getting sort of the edge that Finn himself admitted that he felt he was missing. Um, Hats off to Matt Riddle, who's also one of my favorites to watch. Fun match. And then at the end, God, as high as the women raised the bar – All of the guys were hell-bent on matching it or topping it, and I think they succeeded just as well. Uh, Just a fun, fun war games match. For anybody watching, uh, for anybody that was inside the ring, pure hell. The last few moments of that matchup, with the tables exploding all over the ring. Tommaso Ciampa, Adam Cole, you're a couple of damn maniacs! But thank you. It was fun. And as much as everybody's buzzing about all things War Games, one member in particular, the surprise entry, still has the whole world buzzing. He's a former Universal Champion, former NXT Champion, amongst many other things, Kevin Owens. Kevin, how are you, man?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm spectacular. <laughs> well, hey, so you've obviously got the uh, WWE Universe and Beyond buzzing because you had yourself quite a weekend. Uh, what was it like to step back in time for a night to NXT?
1: It's actually really hard to put into words, and uh, I've kind of been trying. Like right after the, the show, they got uh, all four of us together, me, Dijakovic, Keith Lee, and Tommaso, to, you know, to do a dot .com little post-match thing. I had too much to say, and I knew I couldn't say it all because I can't put it into words. I can't put my thoughts into words. It was just how great it felt to be out there in that environment so I just kind of said NXT don't ever change and that's really what I mean um I loved my time there and I really had a limited amount of time there Uh, I was only in NXT I guess on NXT television and as part of the NXT shows I was only there for about six months and then, uh, you know, if you count the from the moment I got signed and started the Performance Center to, to when I got called up, uh, that was 10 months. So that was a very short amount of time. But while I was there, I really loved my time there. And um, getting, like, I only got to do one takeover in a big arena like that. It was the first one in Brooklyn. Um, so to get to do another one and experience it and uh, get the feel for it. Uh, and, you know, obviously Chicago was very kind to me. But even without that, just being in the ring with those guys and a lot of them I, I had known for so long and I hadn't wrestled in a while. Um, it was just, man, again, I'm like trying to find the words but because it, it, it feels like saying it was great is uh, really understating it. But that's the best way I can put it for now.
0: You've been very vocal about your time in NXT and, and you've even hinted recently on social media uh, after I think it was after Shane fired you. Uh, some, some ominous tweets, etc. cetera. Uh, when did you find out that this was actually even a possibility?
1: Well, so the first thing, I mean, it's been a constant through throughout the last few years where anytime I hear of anybody at NXT getting injured or for some reason not being able to make a show or not, you know, whether it's a storyline or not, I always send Triple H the same text, which is, hey, if you need somebody, I'm here. Ha, 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 ha. And, you know, we, we always have that kind of little insider joke. And so the same thing happened when I heard Gargano was off takeover, uh, I immediately texted him saying, I hear it's our, I, I hear Johnny's out, I'm available. And then this time the answer was, well, that's actually a possibility. I'm looking into it. And I was like, Oh, shit. all right. Uh, and then he called me, uh, in the middle of my Europe tour, um, you know, last, uh, couple weeks ago and, uh. Let me know that it was going to happen. So it it was, uh, I guess I was sitting on it for about a week and a half. You know, we didn't tell anybody.
0: I was shocked as anybody. You know how tough it can be to keep secrets, especially within this place. And I was Yeah, I'm I'm,
1: I'm astonished it didn't get out. Uh, Especially because that day, we didn't take any precautions to try to keep it secret. I was just walking around with the guys and I was just there. Like I was part like I was just another NXT guy. So the fact that it didn't somehow leak—that uh, I was going to be in the match—is uh, it's a nice surprise because yeah, I don't know that what it is about
0: our industry and where we work that makes everybody want to tell everybody everything, but that's definitely how it
2: works. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I was absolutely shocked. I was I was laying on my bed in my hotel room, and I actually had certain expectations as to who it was actually going to be. So when I heard your. Uh, your guitar riff, starts Your Music, I was like, whoa, this is cool. And, and you could see it on your face, man, the excitement. I mean, I know you're trying to describe it, but I think anybody that, that knows how much respect you have for, for this business and for NXT, it was painted all over your face how genuinely excited you were and fired up, and it, it translated, man. It came through the TV, so, so hats yeah, off to that. you
1: know, I remember when I walked out on the stage, it really felt I, – I really – Like, I feel like people say that all the time, right? Oh, it brought me back to this time, or it brought me back to that moment. But I really mean it. When I walked out on the stage, it brought me back to my first NXT show, like TakeOver uh, against CJ Parker. And I remember doing my entrance and walking out on the stage and kind of looking at Full Sail Arena, which obviously is, uh, you know, a fraction of the size of of Allstate. But, like, it it had the same feel, the same excitement, the same... uh, I felt the same... Goosebumps and just uh, the same thrill. Um, and, you know, I, I, I said this, um, I, 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 I forget who I was telling this to, but uh, I didn't get to do WrestleMania this year. And then a week after WrestleMania, I got to do SmackDown at the Bell Center, which is in Montreal, which is where I'm from, and my entire family was there and everything. So that was pretty special. And I felt like that was my WrestleMania almost, since I didn't get to do the actual WrestleMania. But man, takeover really felt like WrestleMania, like during that day the or even le- the week leading up to it, I was so excited and then getting to do it. And then when I was in the ring and just going through the it, 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 it was, I guess, that's the best way to put it. It felt like th- for me, this was my WrestleMania this year. That's how big it was.
0: Well, and luckily you didn't I- have juice break your nose again, like on your first night. <laughs>
1: No, but that actually turned out for the best for me. You know, we, uh, a, a beautiful friendship came out of that moment.
0: So it's fine. But <laughs> it's, yeah, it's funny, man. Uh, so to, your I, po- to your point before, that sorry. feels like such a million years ago. That was actually my first yeah. night I ever called a show. That takeover was I my remember. first night ever on commentary, your first night in NXT. And it's like, wow, just this life moves so crazy fast. Yeah,
1: December 11,
0: 2014. Wow. <laughs> that's coming yeah. up that's that's almost what five years god yeah that, that's scary yeah. when you think about it yeah well of course after saturday and all the insanity of takeover you competed at survivor series and then again monday night on raw delivered a stunner to seth rollins and i actually personally have a question for you about your recent usage of the stunner yeah. in in our industry there are certain moves that are sacred so to speak uh <laughs> of course stone cold being the the man who made the stunner famous and is so closely identified. You've got Undertaker and Kane with the tombstone. That's sort of like a big thing to be able to use that on television. Did you ever have to have a conversation with Steve about that or how'd that work?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I had a conversation with him years ago, actually. Uh, I want to say it was in 2016. Wow. This is the thing. People were doing the stunner. You know, you'd have the odd guy do the stunner in a random match as a, you know, kind of a, just something they were doing, and that was it. Like nobody was using it as a trademark. But I, I had seen guys use a stunner here and there, but not to the extent that I felt like it should be used. And then everybody at the time—and I mean, I guess it's still probably true—but I remember just sitting there watching the shows and thinking every everyone does power bombs in some way, shape, or form. And you know, my finishing move was the pop a power bomb, obviously. But I just—I was getting annoyed. Not at everybody doing a power bomb, but just like at the the fact that every match had something that looked like a power bomb. So I started thinking maybe I need something else. At that time, I I, I was a heel or whatever, you know, or antagonist. I I don't know how you want to put it.
0: We could say it here.
1: (laughs) Well, the thing is, I don't know, but it's even for me. Like I don't heel or heel and face. I feel is kind of an antiquated notion. So even I don't really think that way, right? But I remember thinking if I were to start doing the stunner. Some people might love it and some people might really hate it, but nobody would be indifferent to it. And it's something that I, in what we do is so valuable is making sure people aren't indifferent. And like, I've never really worried about getting really cheered or really booed. I just want people to make a lot of noise because I think that's the best. Like I remember being in the ring with John Cena or, getting ready for a match with Cena and I I my I would come out first right and then my music would stop and then there's a couple seconds of uh you know uh, of dead air just to let the uh, anticipation build and then his music would hit and you're just hit with like two very distinct noises you got the fans that hate him that are booing him and you got the people that love him that are cheering him like crazy And it's just a crazy noise, but it's so intense and it's so great, the energy, because then you get the people that hate him are trying to outdo the people that cheer him and the people that cheer him are trying to be louder than the guys that are booing him. And it just becomes this crazy atmosphere. Uh, And Roman had, you know, for a long time, had the same kind of vibe going. So I've always kind of strived for that kind of reaction. Uh, Of course, if a reaction is overwhelmingly positive, that's great. Or if you get a lot of heat, that's great, too. But i think being in the middle is not a bad thing i think it's actually really great and it's a special like very few people i think will get to the point where they're as uh admired as they are uh, uh you know uh despise uh,
0: that, that polar use the word polarizing it, for Cena yeah. and, and the same for Roma. polarizing
1: that's what i strive for polarizing is a very special thing to be in our industry i think and the people that can claim that they're legitimately polarizing, I think are the ones that are, they're made for life because nobody will ever not care one way or another. And that's great. So the stunner in my head was like, that could be a good way for me to try to get there. Um, so I, I went to Steve and I asked him uh, if I could use it. And he was very happy that I asked him, you know, me giving him the respect of it, but sure. more than anything... He was happy that somebody asked him because he's like, you want to use it as your finisher? I'm like, yes. It's like, God, it's about time. I can't believe nobody's tried this yet. Like, no, I can't believe nobody's come to me and say, hey, I'd like to use a stunner as a finisher. It's a great finisher. Like, why not? Why? And, and he was saying, like, some people use it and, and it means nothing. So I was like, OK, well, that's great. But then, uh, you know, I tried to go through other channels and was shut down. So I wasn't able to start using it at that point, uh, even though I kind of snuck it in in one of my matches with Roman, which ended up leading to a pretty funny uh, exchange between me and Steve on his podcast later on where he tried to teach me how to do the stunner properly because I couldn't beat Roman with it that night. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I've had I've had Steve's uh, blessing to use it for a long time, and I was just waiting for the right time. And, uh, you know, last, this year just felt like that was it. So, um that's what I've been going with, and uh, some people love it, some people really hate it. But again, I don't. I am fine with that.
0: Um, Nobody is indifferent that. to it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I love doing it, and it's uh, more and more now too. I've uh, you know, eventually, I'd like to start doing it in, in ways that are kind of my own. But for now, I'm doing boot boot stunner just like Steve used to do because I'm still trying to do right by it like i don't want it to become my stunner it's just it's you know i don't call it the stone cold Stunner because i would never uh be arrogant enough to compare myself to stone cold it's the stunner but i I still want people to you know look at it as what it's always been which is Boot stunner eventually maybe uh you know i'll try to hit it in different ways that are uh, a bit different and a bit more my own uh you know put my own Spin on it, but uh, for now I'm perfectly fine with doing it this way. And the excitement that I, the, like the excitement that comes from the crowd when I do hit it or when I go for it, uh, is is telling me that I'm, you know, I'm on my way to, to, to doing something pretty good with it. So uh, it's been great. To, uh, it's been great to be able to use it, but more than anything, it's great to have Steve's blessing and, and to know that he's supporting, uh, supporting it. You know, because he could have said no, which. Might have been a little silly because nobody really owns any wrestling moves, obviously. But the fact that he was supportive of it, uh, you know, puts it over the top for me.
0: Well, I'm sure you're doing Stone Cold proud with your regular usage of the Stunner. Got to ask you before I let you go, I know you got your family to get to. What is on tap in the immediate future for Kevin Owens? What's next?
1: Uh, well, I, I, I don't know. I... Uh, The only thing I always worry about, and I say worry, but I I use the term lightly, it's probably, the proper term would probably say the only thing I obsess about uh, constantly uh, is to make sure that whatever I do is relevant and matters. And um, if I, you know, if I'm being candid, I feel like more often than not over the past year and a half, What I was doing, uh, whether it was on Raw or SmackDown, was not necessarily uh, that important or it didn't matter as much as I wish my contributions to the show would matter. So, uh, you know, everything from last night uh, confronting Rollins and having that match with him to where we go from here on out. All I strive to do is to make sure that whatever I'm involved with on the show is as entertaining as it can be and as enjoyable for the people watching as it can be, and I just want to make it count. So uh, I guess the answer to your question is it's the same it's always been for me, is I just want to make sure everything I do matters and people remember.
0: Keep doing what you're doing. I appreciate it. I don't want to keep you any longer be safe you are always welcome here on after the bell i will uh I'll, i won't see you that soon anymore you're a raw guy and i'm a smackdown guy i guess maybe the next pay-per-view
1: yeah that sounds good but uh i'm happy to come on here anytime you want me to i've got plenty to say as you're well aware so uh and i'm all too give me happy the word to-
0: and I'll, <laughs> I'll be back i'm all too happy to provide the platform kev all right man i appreciate you calling in all right take it easy buddy
3: G3 assistance through Virginia's community
2: colleges is your pathway to a new future. Helping those who qualify, pay for school, and train for the right career. Right where you are, right now. Learn more at vccs.edu forward slash G3.
0: She is the queen of spades, the longest reigning champion in all of WWE, the current NXT women's champion, Shayna Baszler. Shayna, how are you?
2: I am doing awesome.
0: I could, uh believe that after the last several weeks, the last weekend in particular. Uh, So I'm just going to start at the top. You've got a lot to go through. You've been making waves on Raw, on SmackDown, and of course on NXT. But this past Saturday, NXT TakeOver, you took part in the first ever women's war games match. How are you feeling leading up to the matchup?
2: So I've done like combat sports for a long time. So I'm at this place where I kind of ignore it all until... It's like, oh, it's going to happen. We're like 20 minutes away. And then is when I start like, oh, holy crap, this is massive. And I think, like, the pressure is always on us at NXT to to deliver because it's what the fans expect of us now. And I at least personally start feeling it. And then we're all back there and the sirens going off. You know, we're all standing behind the curtain and the sirens going off and the, the cage is dropping. And that was like...
0: It's like, man, this just got real.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that was like a moment, so that was pretty cool.
0: Well, I know you felt the pressure to deliver, and I assure you I'm not the only one that believes that all of you women over-delivered, as you often do in NXT. And uh, you continued that momentum to Sunday night in the main event of the Survivor Series. Similar situation, still feeling the same kind of uh, no-pressure-until-go time?
2: It was still... um like the show had started and then I started feeling it because uh, I didn't find out for sure that we were main event until I got there that day. So just getting that news and it's not just like, oh, this is a Raw Smackdown roster debut. This is a pay-per-view debut and a main event debut. It was everything you could do to make that a tough situation was thrown into that. The pressure was on from the start of the day.
0: We see three ways, four ways all the time, but to have... One at the end at the main event on a card where you've already seen 15 people at a time in a matchup. It uh, definitely tests your creativity, right. but you, you guys did a great job. Um, what does it mean to you personally? NXT now live on USA. You're one of the faces of the brand. You are the face of the women's division in NXT. What sort of challenges have you faced leading up to this, knowing what was at stake at Survivor Series and even War Games the night prior to really carve out the niche for NXT.
2: Well, I think for a long time, people that have followed NXT have known what NXT is about. And I don't know if it's a thing that you, you can put a lot of names on it, but it's something different than Raw and SmackDown. And that's been by design. But I think that being on TV and then just having this thing that kind of organically happened in the first place with um, the roster being delayed in Saudi, I think this was our moment. Now we can show this bigger audience exactly what we are and it's a cool story you hear about all these stories in pro wrestling if you follow it or if you know the history or whatever and all all these cool moments that happen kind of like on accident organically and we're one of those moments
0: so on a personal note you made history twice this weekend as part of the first ever women's war games and also main eventing survivor series and in a way defeated becky lynch which, right, wrong, or indifferent, are going to uh, draw a lot of parallels to your good friend, Ronda Rousey. How does that affect you professionally and personally? Is there any sort of friendly rivalry, or do you compare yourself to Ronda or vice versa?
2: Um, I mean, we're, we're friends. So, yeah, we have some friendly banter here and there about <laughs> who's done what and all that, but it's not um, – nobody's pretending anybody's cooler than anybody else in this. The four of us became friends um, being on – the reality show, The Ultimate Fighter, in 2013. Rhonda's always kind of been this shooting star uh through MMA, but I think that's the moment where it really launch padded her fame in that asset. So we've always had to deal with being associated, whether right or wrong, our success, our failures. You know, just because she's she was more well known than the other three of us might have been. If, if if anyone talked about us, it was only because of her. It's just something that we had to learn to just shrug off. And and I think the the four of us, support of each other. We genuinely take uh, pleasure when one of us gets any success. We don't really talk shop very much. So it's not like, hey, did you see anything that I did bad? It's nothing like that. It's like. Oh my god! I can't believe you did that. That's so crazy. Ah, what's gonna happen? Ah, so it's like uh, we're we're kind of like marking out for each other. So that's that's cool.
0: Yeah, it's definitely awesome to have a the support of a friend like that in this crazy business. Mm-hmm. I promise, I'm done asking you about your friend. i was talking about Shayna <laughs> Baszler. So it's time to dispel some rumors. I've got a little bit of a new segment we're trying out here, and it's oh, uh, boy. yeah, it's it's really really <laughs> hard hitting serious accusations and such. No, I'm kidding. Uh, it's I'm calling it according to Wiki. Uh, my producer, Tony Bob, dug up some dirt, and I just need to know if you know if it's true or not. Okay. Originally, Shayna Baszler wanted to be a high school guidance counselor.
2: I don't know if originally is the right word. When I went to college, I double majored in religion and adolescent counseling with an emphasis on cult recruitment. I don't know if I've always been really interested in how one human being can be like, everyone, we're going to drink this Kool-Aid. So and, we, we're, every, we can yeah. expect
0: to see uh, Shayna Baszler open a compound <laughs> in leader. Guyana?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I just was always <laughs> interested in that. And I guess I, I, uh, I went to school. I went to like a private college, but I went to school to kind of study the rehabilitation of pulling people out of there. And then I was like, this is too hyper-focused. I'm a, I, I like hanging out with teenagers and high school kids I'll just be a high school guidance counselor and then in most states you have to have like three years of teaching so I would have had to start over and get an education degree so I just I was like ah that's not I guess that's not what I'm doing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Fact or fiction the queen of spades nickname is due to your skill at card tricks.
2: That's fact. Really? (laughs) I uh yeah I used to be I'm not as much anymore. I should, I should kind of get back into it. But I used to be really into sleight-of-hand card tricks. And um, when I met my coach, Josh Barnett, I met him at an after-party uh, of a fight that I had in Costa Rica. And I was just, like, drinking a little bit. So I'm just walking around the room, like, doing these card tricks for everyone. And I happened to do this particular card trick involving the Queen of Spades. And then um, as it happened, I started training with him. And the first fight that I had with him in my corner, he, unbeknownst to me, told the, the announcer to announce me as the Queen of Spades. So I'm in what would be considered guerrilla position in MMA, and I'm waiting there. And I'm like, <laughs> they announced me as the Queen of Spades, and I look back at him. He's like, go, go, go. I was like, ah, okay, and it kind of stuck.
0: Interesting. I had absolutely no idea. that I figured if any of these things that would be disproven, that would be it. So non- no, that was, you and, that was true. You and Nigel McGinnis can have a trick-off off I'll have to come down to Orlando and <laughs> Nigel's
2: way better than I am. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, he's, yeah, he's, I don't claim to be anything amazing, but yeah, he's way better than me.
0: Fact or fiction, you nicknamed your signature submission maneuver in mixed martial arts The Schwing.
2: <laughs> That's true, too. I Well, actually, Josh did. So I finished this girl in... Um, it's like a hammer lock, I guess, and uh, it it spiral fractured her humerus in her arm, and I was really grossed out. So that they stopped the fight, and I go to my corner and I'm like, Josh, I'm gonna be sick. I need water because it wasn't it wasn't that I did it. It Was like the noise, right? Was the grossest thing to me. Oh, I still, feel but uh, <laughs> it was like a it's like if you tear a turkey leg off. Everyone think about that this week when you're tearing the turkey leg off <laughs> a turkey.
0: You've just ruined but, Thanksgiving uh, for everyone. <laughs>
2: But yeah, he was like, they're going to ask you about it. You need to give it a name. What about the Shayna wing? Or just call it the Schwing for short. (laughs) So I just did it in the interview, yeah.
0: Well, this is actually kind of a perfect transition into my next question. You are or were a certified EMT?
2: Yes, I was. Uh, So before I got on the Ultimate Fighter, I was like having this moment where uh, MMA, if you're not in the UFC, is a lot like, pro wrestling where there's sure. a lot of independence. Yes. And um you're you're maybe not making very much money, but you're putting so much more time than than you're getting than you, you know, you're worth so much more than you're making because of the time you have to put in. Um and I just was at this point where I was like, I need to I guess I need to like make a life because I can't I can't live I can't you, live you like you have this to forever. work to
0: support your fighting habit. I, I yeah. experienced that on the wrestling end for many years. I actually was an EMT myself in high school
2: Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. So I actually, I actually was like, had a full on plan to get on the fire department in my hometown. There were only two women that had ever made it, uh, past the physical test and all that. And, and I was all in on this, but you have to be a certified EMT in order to do that. So, um, I was an EMT for like two months and then they announced the first female season of the ultimate fighter. And I was like, now that I know that I can do it. I'm just going to go, like, one more shot at this. Why not? I can always come back and do this, so, yeah.
0: I I can't believe we've never had this conversation before. The parallels are (coughs) eerie. I actually, before I got signed by WWE, uh, took the city fireman's test for Baltimore. Uh, I was going to join the fire department. Yeah, really, really strange. And uh, last one. You used to bring an electric guitar to the octagon, to the cage. Can you actually
2: play? Yes, I can. That was so ever since I started fighting and Josh being my coach Josh is a pro wrestler himself um he wrestled a lot in Japan he's been doing some more stuff over here as of late but he always was really big on like bringing the entertainment side to fighting cuz he's like the real and it's and and this holds true for professional wrestling and MMA people care way more about the story about a fight than they do about the actual fight Agreed You know so um he was always like stopping interviews you know uh, Shayna, how do you how do you see yourself winning this fight he didn't want the typical like well i'm gonna win by knockout or submission or i'm gonna i'm gonna show that women can fight just like the men like he hated that stuff because a hundred other girls are gonna say that so he would have me (laughs) he'd like stop the entire interview think of something else i'm gonna actually get dq'd because i'm gonna handcuff her to the cage and run her through with my guitar so i don't know (laughs) what to do you know just like crazy stuff um and he was the one that said uh like, I played guitar. I love heavy metal. I like rock and roll. Um, and he was like, hey, what do you think about uh, ESP guitars? I was like, uh, they're awesome. I was like, okay, cool. So I got to do it done. If you carry a guitar out to the cage, they'll uh, sponsor you with one. And at first, I was like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I'm going to carry a guitar out to a fight. That's so cheesy. But uh, I ended up doing it and became this, like, signature thing. Um, and I got this bloody flying V, and I would carry my battle axe to the cage. It was awesome. I was, like, way more pro wrestling when I was a fighter than I am now. So. <laughs> and now I'm, like, way more a fighter than than a... <laughs> but,
0: That's crazy. It's backwards, uh, but, but it works. Yeah. I, I think it's safe to say that your uh, your theatrics in the MMA world have uh, led you down the right path here in WWE. Yeah, definitely. I feel like I could talk to you all day, but I'm sure you want to enjoy your day off and maybe even a little bit of a break this Thanksgiving. So, Shana, thank you for calling and hanging out. Let's do it again. And uh, next time I see you, I want to chop it up about uh, our world in the protective services field.
2: Yeah, cleaning up a lot of vomit, I'm sure, between the two of us. (laughs) That's mainly what the job is.
0: More than I care to remember. (laughs) All
2: right, right, Shana, I'll
0: talk to you soon. Thank you. All right,
2: thank you. (laughs) Thank you.
0: I was lucky enough to spend a whopping 16 hours at my home this week amidst travel and work and heading to Pittsburgh to hang out for Thanksgiving. So, of course, I spent three of those hours watching Monday Night Raw, as I do each and every week. And here's my hot take for the week. Raw was really freaking good. I think Raw was as good last night as it's been in quite some time. It's nice to not have to worry about the brand versus brand versus brand aspect of all the shows now. And Raw could get back to brass tacks and be Monday Night Raw. And I very much enjoyed it. I kicked off the show with Seth Rollins, recent lightning rod of controversy on WWE television, off WWE television. And uh, we got a glimpse of the new Seth. Or maybe it's the old Seth. Either way, it's the right Seth. I loved it. To me, Seth Rollins is a very, very fun personality to dislike on television. I miss the days of Seth Rollins as part of the authority with J&J Security under Hunter's wing. That, to me, was my favorite. Um, Obviously, everybody evolves in WWE, but... uh, I think this is fun. It's organic. I know Seth's pissed off. I know Seth feels a certain way, not only on screen, off screen. And I love it. Embrace this, Seth. And I talked earlier about how Rey Mysterio was responsible for one of my favorite moments at Survivor Series. Well, Rey's momentum continued Monday night as he is our new United States champion which is awesome. Everything involving the United States title last night was a blast to me from the multi-man matchup, the moments with Randy Orton and AJ Styles. It was just fun. It was chaotic, but in a good way. And I'm excited to see Ray run with this United States title, the one he never lost because he got injured last time. So this will be kind of cool. I'm a big fan of all things Ray Mysterio. The same can be said for AJ Styles. same can be said for Randy Orton. Uh, And... Shockingly enough, something else I was actually a fan of last night between the hours of 8 p.m. and 11 Eastern. I liked the Lashley-Rusev-Lana story last night. There, I said it. I've been very critical about it in recent weeks. Wasn't sure where it was going, but last night it got to where it was going, and it was good. I loved it. I loved seeing Rusev just try to kick Lashley's ass, as you would expect to happen when a guy has messed up your marriage or left you, your wife left you, or whatever the hell was going on. I'm still confused as to how we got here, but we're here. It was fun. Let them fight. I'm here for it. Something else I was here for on the Raw side of things, this, of course, was Sunday at Survivor Series, was the Raw Tag Team Champions versus the SmackDown Tag Team Champions versus the NXT Tag Team Champions. Six dudes, uber-talented, did not disappoint, But my guests at this time emerged victorious, picked up the lone point for Monday Night Raw at Survivor Series. My guests at this time were the lone victors for the red brand this Sunday at Survivor Series, the current Raw tag team champions, Eric and Ivar, the Viking Raiders. What's going on, guys?
4: Not too much. We're uh, back after a long month on the road and, uh, you know charging up, uh, getting ready to do it again.
0: What did it mean to you guys to finally get the platform and have time with two top-level tag teams like the New Day, like the Undisputed Era, and truly get to, for the first time, at least to my recollection, have time and really kind of show the world what you're capable of doing as a tag team?
3: Technically, this would be our first time now up in the main roster having a good period of time to put in some work in the ring. and. Uh, it was at Survivor Series. Uh, I mean, for me, it was special to be in there with uh, Kofi, who I've known since the first day of wrestling training. Uh, we've had different paths to get where we are, and now being at Survivor Series wrestling him was pretty wild for me. And to be given that time with literally the two best tag teams in WWE right now, they're us. Uh,
4: it, yeah, definitely, um, for me, it was it was especially cool to do it at Survivor Series because Survivor Series was the very first pay-per-view that I ever watched as a kid. I think it was in like second or third grade. I went to uh you know one of my buddies in grade school's house and we watched Survivor Series. Um and to then have Survivor Series be our platform kind of our, you know, coming out party if, if it, where where we get that spotlight, where we get that time to like show everybody like hey this is exactly who the fuck we are. This is what we're capable of. This is this is the type of matches that we can put on each and every week. Uh was really really special.
0: Well, it's been a long time coming. I mean, anybody that watched your work in NXT knows and maybe even those who have followed you beyond before WWE when once upon a time there was a team called the War Machine.
4: Yeah, I mean, we, you know, <laughs> as as War Machine, you know, uh we We went everywhere, we went all over the world and and we regularly had the time, you know we regularly had the opponents and we we tore the house down everywhere we went. if we If we didn't, we wouldn't have gotten called back. You know back then it was if it, we weren't wrestling, we weren't eating. So every single night we went out and we stole the show. Um, and it it's cool to to be able to bring that flavor and that um that athleticism to uh to the WWE tag team division.
3: And it was really cool uh coming out on Survivor series, having that moment, and we were actually wearing our old war machine gear, uh with our war machine logo and we used our old war machine armor that we we wore uh, all over the world. So that was cool and special for us too.
4: Yeah, we, we, we wore that um that armor specifically in uh in, uh world tag league in new japan um you know we wore it on on several real big uh matches over in japan and and you know in the United states as well i think uh i've we wear that at, at ring of honor i can't i can't remember i think we did
3: uh we we did i'm pretty sure at final battle in New York city there you go
0: every time I pose a question, I have to stop myself because eric, I have known you so long, I am inclined to refer to you. <laughs> By another name, um, but you mentioned that when you weren't wrestling, when you weren't tearing the house down, you didn't eat. Uh, a lot of people don't know that you were in a very severe motorcycle accident a couple years back. How did you have to deal with that?
4: Um, it, it, man, it was it was crazy. Uh, um, i Ivar, Ivar's got a real good uh, story. His take on it. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a little serious, and then I'll let him him tell you his take on it. Um, we had. Uh, like that morning, I had left my uh, my job working construction in Texas, and uh, I decided that I was going to be a full time pro wrestler. I had I had you know enough savings to like kind of squeak by uh, if, if if booking slowed down, but I had every weekend booked up for the rest of the year, and I was uh, you know I was I was going to do it. Like it had taken forever. It was you know 2014. I started wrestling in 2003. Um, and it was finally at a point where financially I could support myself wrestling because I, you know, I grinded and grinded and grinded and got there. And that morning that I left my job, um, I went out that night, uh, I got a good workout in, I jumped on my motorcycle and I got in a motorcycle wreck that should have killed me. Every, literally every, the EMT, the surgeon, every doctor that I spoke to said I should not have walked away from that wreck. And at minimum, I should never have wrestled again. Uh, like I completely and totally shattered my left arm. I went up over my handlebars. I smashed out a window with my face. Like I just completely and totally destroyed myself. I, you know, major surgeries, and then I was out for a total of six months. And I was back in the ring in wrestling. And Ivar and I would haven't haven't looked back. I've never had a real job again. Um, You know, we went on from there to tear up all over Japan. You know, all of the all of the accolades that everyone talks about actually started after that accident. We were just kind of gaining momentum before the accident, and then after that, like, we just set the world on fire.
3: So here we are. We just, just got put together as a tag team in Ring of Honor. We're just taking off. We have a killer match with the Briscoes and Philadelphia, really putting ourselves on the map. And then Ray gets in the motorcycle accident. Eric gets in the motorcycle accident and tries to ruin my wrestling career. <laughs> <laughs> so then I get a big singles push, and what does he do? He returns, and we're back in a tag team, and tries to ruin my wrestling career again. <laughs> <laughs> but here uh, we are, and it seems like uh, things are going okay now.
0: Yeah, yeah i say you're doing all like right. When,
3: when I was when I <laughs> when
4: when I was out, like I, you know, I had about three months of savings, and I had about six months of injury with no income. So I, you know, I went back to like my ultra poor days, and I was living on twenty dollars a week and, you know, making it stretch and I had like friends of mine, you know, uh Shane Taylor who you who you know well, Corey. Yep. Um, you know, was like buying me buying me dinner like twice a week. Just, you know, coming coming to the house with food. Like he, you know, he was my roommate at the time. We were going to the gym every day. And he was like buying groceries and like I would you know, I would come home and there there would just be food there. And like, you know, without 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 him, without you know, uh Jack Bain, like guys like that, like I, I wouldn't have
0: made it through that six-month stretch. That's crazy, man. I feel like everybody who's who's lived this life and put in their time has has at least a handful of friends like that where you, you slept on each other's floors and you scrounged together just to get by, just to feed your wrestling habit. Well, uh, luckily, it, it worked out for you guys.
3: Hell yeah.
0: Yeah. So I want to talk uh, a little bit more recently. One night in particular that I remember fondly would be the night that... Uh, Roe and Hanson would be thrust into the main roster WWE picture. I believe we were in Toronto or Montreal, somewhere in Canada. Montreal. Montreal. I I remember the building. I remember the day. I remember being very, very excited, as as we mentioned. Ray and I go way, way, way back. Eric, sorry. We're not editing an out. I'll take my editor all day. It's going to happen. It's difficult. It's it's impossible. It's absolutely impossible. It's
4: weird because... Because people call me Eric, and I literally don't understand that they're talking to me. <laughs> like, I walk right past them. They're like, like, uh, Devon, Devon only calls me Eric, which is weird because I've known him for years. But, like, he will only call me Eric now. And he, and he's Eric, 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 Eric. And I'm 30 feet past him. And he's like throwing things at me, like, Eric. Oh, 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 that's me. That's me. Oh, sorry. That's. <laughs>
0: It's, it's weird. It's something I had to learn. I actually learned it from Michael Cole to always refer to people as you refer to them on television, which is weird because I've got so many friends, as we all do, that we've known for years and years and years as five, six different names. And uh, so it's definitely an adjustment process. And I just gotten used to, to learning to just do Rowan Hanson, last names. I can handle that. Um, but then on that yeah. fateful day in Montreal, I seem to recall two – shell-shocked looking individuals walking out of a certain man's office with a, a thousand-yard stare on your face as you had just learned you would be Eric and Ivar the Viking experience. <laughs> Walk
4: me through that <laughs> afternoon. You want to start this one, I- you, you start this one Ivar, or you want me to? Uh,
3: you, you can go, go for it. Go right
4: ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, let's Let's back up just a just a little bit before the names happen. Um, the the process of us getting there on Monday is a story into itself. So we were at the Performance Center, you know, we were at NXT, and uh, I had we we had that weekend off. So I had asked um, uh, Coach Bloom and you know the the other the other coaches involved, like, hey, can I just can I go visit? Sarah's family this weekend.
0: Like we don't just, have. i to cut you we're off for good, clarification. I'm going to cut you off for clarification purposes. Yep. Sarah being Sarah Logan, mm-hmm. your actual wife, not just an on-screen character. Yes,
4: yes, yes, yes. Sarah, Sarah Logan, my 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 wife. I was going to go visit visit my in-laws, and um, so I and they were like, "Of course, yeah, you're fine." So I fly. Uh, I'm flying to Cincinnati on Friday afternoon or Friday morning, and I start getting messages uh, on Facebook uh, because I'm in the air, so I'm not getting text messages. I'm getting uh, I'm getting messages from, at that point, from Hanson, uh, and and he's saying, are you getting these text messages? I am no, I'm, now I'm flying. He goes, we're going to Raw on Monday. And I said, like, we're going to Raw on Monday or we're going to Raw on Monday? He goes, no, no, we're going up, buddy. And the first thing I asked is, are you with me, <laughs> like, because eh, anybody who knows him at all knows that everything is a joke. Everything it doesn't matter. Like my motorcycle wreck, like every every single area of our lives is a joke. And I was like, dude, you don't 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 be screwing with me. And he's like, he's like, no, dude, we're we're going up. He's like, you'll get all the text messages when we come home or when you land. So I land and I I meet Sarah and her parents at baggage claim, and I said, you know, hey, I got good news and bad news. Uh, good news. I, you know, going up or bad news. You know, I'm I am got to fly home tomorrow. Good news. I'm going to RAW on Monday because I didn't have my wrestling gear with me. I was just going for a family vacation, so we flew back to Or. I flew back to Orlando on Saturday. Uh, Ivar and I flew out on Sunday on Sunday to get there for Monday, and our plane got delayed. And then our plane got delayed, and a plane got delayed, and we got stuck overnight in Raleigh we had to get our bags off the, off the plane because that's got our, all of everything that we have that we need to wrestle in. Then, uh, their WWE is, is scrambling to find us flights to get into Montreal on in time. And they can't find the same flight, two tickets on the same flight. So they route me through JFK and him through... LaGuardia. LaGuardia. He went through, he went through, he went through LaGuardia my flight went through, and I landed at, like, 2.30 p.m. Uh, Ivar got stuck in LaGuardia. So then he got stuck, and he doesn't land until, like, let's say 4.30, almost 5 p.m.? Yeah. So so he's, he's, you know, we're supposed to be at, at TV at, at 2 p.m. I landed after call time. He landed three or four, four hours after call time. So, like... We're str- both of he and I are stressing, and like as we get, uh, I'm standing. I'm standing backstage when when he texts me that he lands, and I you know I talk to one of the production guys, and they're like, oh good, Vince was holding the writing meeting to wait, you know, to to know that you guys are going to be here because you're debuting tonight. So he but he, he's rewriting the show in case you guys weren't here. So now he, he is you know Ivar's on the ground. Yeah, Ivar's on the ground. Okay, cool. We can go go forward with the script. And it's like five o'clock, so like the show goes on in three hours. And they were they were rewriting the show because he wasn't sure if we were there or not, uh, which is mind blowing to think about and like nerve wracking. So then we're we're ringside, and and Ivar comes out, and graphics come on the screen, and it it's got like a little cartoon Viking guy, and it says Viking Experience. At first, it says Berserkers, right?
0: Right, right. Yeah, I think you guys were berserkers for about an hour. Yeah, the the run
4: sheet said berserkers. First, it says War Raiders, and then it went to Viking Experience. We're watching uh, the screen change, and we we looked at at Hunter at Triple H, and we're like, is that real, or are they messing with us? (laughs) He just shook his head. And I was like, like, that's real. That's going to be our name? He's like, you're going to have to talk to
3: Vince. So we went and talked to Vince. At this point, because it's so late in the day, we, we've we're not even gonna approach the subject of Ivar and Eric. We've uh, we we need to tackle this Viking experience thing because that, <laughs> that was not okay.
4: We, didn't, we we didn't even really know for sure that Ivar and Eric were a thing yet.
3: But we knew we weren't going to be Hanson and Rowe. But we knew there were some yeah. more Viking-esque names that we were going to have. Uh, but we just, we weren't, we weren't going to tackle that. The the primary focus was this, this Viking experience name. And so we were able to catch Vince as he's going somewhere else. It wasn't even in his office. It was, it was kind of in a hallway by the, uh, big production meeting area. And, uh, we, we got him, we, we were able to talk to him and we were able to plead our case about the name, uh, it sounds like a Disney ride, uh, and then we started shooting off uh, other options, which was about—I don't know—we had at least ten names that we were we were giving him, and then the last one that we gave him was uh, Viking Raiders, and he kind of paused on that one, and he's like, "All right, well." this is how we're going to introduce you as the Viking experience. And if we're not feeling that going forward, then maybe we can, we can change it to something else. Uh, but then he also put over how he loves the TV show Vikings. Uh, uh, and and he loves Vikings in general. And, uh, started talking to us about our, our, gear and our entrance gear and our armor and, and all sorts of things like that. And Viking details from Viking history. And, uh, so we felt confident that he liked us. He told us he liked our work and stuff. So uh, we were just happy to maybe, possibly, in the weeks to come, get that tag team name changed. But it was so, it was so last minute. At that point, it, it might have been six thirty sh- or almost seven o'clock. Yeah, yeah,
4: I think the show show might have like just about to start. Like main event was probably
3: starting. Yeah. So it was like seven thirty. It was late. <laughs> I wonder what would have happened if we had flown in and landed on time and got there at call time. We would have had more input, but thank God next week came and we were the the Viking Raiders. And so the
4: best part about that name too is I think that people like have have really been mad about that about Viking Raiders as a name. And and it's it's the funny thing is that that was Ivar and I's uh, like first pitch when we talked when we came to NXT uh, they told us we were going to have to change our name that that War machine wasn't wasn't going to wasn't going to work because of uh, the the MMA fighter that tried to kill Chris oh, yeah, yeah. like yeah. if you type if you if you type it into if you type it into Google that's the first that's the first um, yeah result. the first thing and, that like, comes you up can't have ki- you can't yeah you can't have kids who are you know 10 and 12 years old typing in trying to find their favorite wrestler and, and that, you know, and that now there's all kinds of different conversations that have to happen. So when, when, when Triple H approached us about, about a new name, you know, uh, we, we bounced around a lot of them and we suggested Viking Raiders. And, and that was one that we really liked because, because Triple H liked the the, the term or the name Raiders and, and that's, you know, he was, he pitch war Raiders and he was thinking about different kinds of doomsday Raiders, I think was another one that he was, he, he suggested, um, yeah. and like, he really liked Raiders. So we were sticking to Raiders and we're like, what about Viking Raiders? Like, that's cool. Like that, that's who we are. That's, that's what we are. And, uh, and it kind of just got under the hat. And then, you know, now that we came up to the main roster and they, you know, they changed our name, we're back to the original name that we
0: pitched in NXT. It's funny how it works, man. What's really
3: funny about the whole thing, people are so upset about the name change, but we literally wear the same gear, same outfits, and wrestle the same way that we did in NXT. We just have a different different name.
4: And Ring of Honor. We haven't changed. Our presentation hasn't changed. They literally just call us by a different name.
0: You sellouts. How dare you? (laughs) Exactly. Alright guys, well hey, thank you for calling in You guys both have a standing invite Anytime you want to call and uh, and just Talk a little shop I am here, I'm happy to have you Keep doing what you're doing You overcame this terrible name change And you're still okay <laughs> Yeah, we
4: somehow survived
0: Be safe, and uh, Ivar Keep Eric away from the motorcycles, please
3: I do, the serious <laughs> thing I'd, ha- I'd
0: hate for him to ruin Your wrestling career again
3: yeah, it be a third time.
0: <laughs> all right, guys. Be well, be safe. I'll talk to you soon. You got it. Later. What a week it has been. It's time to wind things down a little bit. But before we get there, I would be remiss not to shout out my favorite thing that's happened in recent memory. I'm going to go further than just this week. It was last Wednesday on NXT. But I just cannot stop raving all this time later about the revival versus the Undisputed Era. What A freaking match tag team wrestling when done properly to me there is nothing better dawson and wilder o'reilly and fish four of the best walking the planet to do it it was fun it was ugly when it had to be it was just brutal it felt like a fight it felt like a true test for all four guys in the ring The full-sale audience was awesome and I think added to the atmosphere with the appreciation for what they were witnessing. Give me more of that, please. So hats off, respect to both the Revival and Undisputed Era, uh, and thank you. Thank you for letting me be a fan again for about 20 minutes on a Wednesday night. It was really, really cool. I also want to thank my guests today, Shayna Baszler, Kevin Owens, and the Viking Raiders for taking time out of their day to chat. Make sure you follow at After the Bell on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Use the hashtag AfterTheBell the Bell if you want to join the conversation. If you're using an Android, follow ATB on Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, Google Podcasts, or your podcast app of choice so that you never miss an episode. And uh, subscribe to ATB and throw me a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts to help spread the word. You can follow me at WWE Graves. Chances are pretty good I'll say something stupid. But before I leave you, a little wisdom. This, of course, from the great American poet Henry Rollins, one of my personal heroes. Half of life is f***ing up. The other half is dealing with it. There's some zen for you. I am full of it, and I will be back next week. With more wisdom, more vitriol, and more WWE after the bell.
2: This has been an original WWE podcast.